Hi loves, I am so happy to be back for season two of Mommy on the Move. Can y'all even believe it? Like I had a whole season and now I'm starting another whole season. Like I am geeked. Are y'all geeked? I'm geeked. Okay, so I'm super excited. It's February and if you've been following me for a while, you know February is my absolute favorite month. It's Black History Month. Me and Devin have our birthdays this month. But my absolute favorite is Valentine's Day. I love February. It's just all about love and you just get all in your feelings about being nice to people and just showing a little extra love to everybody around you. So I get pumped for Valentine's Day. Me and Dre just (laughs) had a little tiff, a little lover's quarrel the other day because he felt like it was unnecessary for me to buy heart-shaped pillows and Valentine's Day decor for our living room space. And I just felt like, you know, who am I to show an extra, a little extra love to our space? You know, I'm sorry that I love you so much that I want to buy heart-shaped pillows and, you know, maybe sometimes put them over your face until you can't breathe. But, you know, I still love you. (laughs) Just kidding, Dre. I would never stick a pillow over your face. Anyway, So anyway, back to the point. I love Valentine's Day. And so this month, we're talking about all different types of love. And so today, I'm talking about love languages and how we can not only apply them to our significant other, but also to your parent-child relationship as well which is something that I hadn't even really considered. I mean, you hear all the time about the love languages for your relationships, but not really in um, regards to parenting. So I'm sure most of you have heard, at least heard about love languages. And this is a term coined by Dr. Gary Chapman, and he has a series of love languages books. So the basis for his series is that people express and receive love in a variety of individual ways, ultimately exposing the truth that what's important to some won't be so important to others. So according to Dr. Chapman, there are five love languages, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. So a few years ago, when this first, when I saw this for the first time come up, I got all excited and I'm like, you know, Dre and I, we need, Dre, we need to take this quiz. So we take the quiz a couple years ago and it validated everything I needed it to because it let Dre know that gifts are a love language. This is a real thing. Like he used to call, he used to think I was just like being materialistic, but it really is a genuine way that people receive and give love. I mean, I'm kidding, but not really because it is a real love language. So Dre, it is a real love, like, you know, I mean, he doesn't need to hear that part anymore, but you know, it doesn't help to always have a little science to back up the things that your husband thinks are ridiculous. But seriously, so it really opened both of our eyes to be more intentional about loving each other the way the other person needed to be loved and not just the way that I personally receive love. So, you know, of course, because I love gifts, I will be buying Dre these gifts and thinking, thinking, okay, well, you know, he's really, he's going to be so excited. I, I found him this Gucci belt or, you know, definitely wasn't really buying him a Gucci belt. <laughs> Not back in the day, but whatever, you know, I found him these shoes and he'll think these are really dope or whatever. And really he's like, okay, that's great. Like he likes, you know, gifts, but really his love language, his preferred love language is physical touch. 
and acts of service. So he would much rather I iron his clothes or remember to pick up his dry cleaning if he asked me to, or that I offer to um, do something for him or like for him, he really, it is a pet peeve of his to come home and the house is a mess. Funny, right? Because we have four whole kids and the house is always a mess. But for him, it matters. And so that to me, that doesn't matter, but it matters to him. And so it counts as an act of service. If I make the extra effort to make sure the house is at least presentable when by the time I know he's coming home, uh, that matters more to him than if I was to go out and buy him something or just physical touch. Like he, he, he needs, he yearns to be touched. I don't particularly care to be touched. I don't, physical touch is not one of my, it's actually my least favorite. <laughs> I know I'm making myself sound like a monster. It's my last love language. Like I, I don't need to be touched. I actually prefer not to be touched. <laughs> I mean, not by him, but you know, just in general, like um, it's just not, it's not how I, I would not rather have a hug over um, a gift. <laughs> so it, it mattered. And, and so, you know, we were kind of spinning our wheels for the first few years of our marriage, trying to love each other the way that we wanted to be loved and not how the other person wanted to be loved. And so it was really eye-opening to see and have the science behind his preferred love language and my preferred love language. So like on the contrary, my love languages are quality time and gifts, or at least at one point, the first time we took the test, it was, and I'll get to that point later. But the first time we took the test, my love languages were quality time and gifts. So take me on all the dates, buy me all the things, but just don't touch me. (laughs) Just kidding. And so I would really say that that was really a turning point in our marriage because before then we were trying to impose our preferred love language on the other person and then thinking that, you know, they were so ungrateful because they didn't consider what we were doing an act of love. And so to my point I made earlier, I highly suggest not only taking the quiz, but taking it more than once. Because, um, for example, when we first took the quiz, like I said, my number one love language was gifts. Um, and it still is up there. But after we've had several life changes, I mean, add in a couple of moves and maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not as close to in distance to my to my parents. Um, Dre has a crazy work schedule. And so he's gone a lot. And so um, that at, factor that in, we've had more children. And so I have less time for myself to do things. Um, and I'm consumed with motherhood. And now add on top of that being a stay at home mom, it means more to me like losing, not losing, but transitioning from working to staying at home. Words of affirmation actually became really important to me because I didn't have work to, um, to affirm me, to, to let me know how great I was. I, I, I really crave those words of affirmation from Dre now um, more than I used to or more than I ever really needed him to. And so it is important, I think, to um, every, every so often to take that test again and see if, if the way that you need to be loved now has changed um, and to be clear about um, communicating that with your spouse as well because no one's uh, reading minds or anything like that. You have to be able to communicate and say, you know what? I know that used to be the way that I felt love, but now I actually really would prefer it if you did this. And I really feel like, you know, sometimes we we just complicate things and make them 
um, harder than they need to be when we could really just simply ask, like, how do you receive love? What makes you feel most loved? And and this this quiz really digs deep and asks some questions that you really don't even think about that. Like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't really prefer a hug. I'm really not a hugger. I really would prefer, you know, a nice note or um, some new stationery because, you know, I ran out or something, which actually is kind of like an act of service and um, a gift. And I'll actually get to that a little bit later as well. So to my point, it's really important that you communicate these things to your spouse and also just to know them for yourself so that you know how you receive love um, as well. I think it was really um, great to have that introspection on my own and know how, you know, how I, how I receive love. So like I said, while most of us, while most of us have heard of the love languages as it applies to a significant other, you may not have applied them to your parent-child relationship. I know I hadn't. I never really considered it. And so as parents, we often assume that kids know they are loved, but that's just not always the case. And a lot of therapists suggest that children under the age of five should experience all five examples of love. And then between the ages of nine and 12, kids will start to develop their own love language. So here's a few examples of how to incorporate the love languages in your everyday life via parenthood, through parenthood. So with physical physical touch, obviously that's going to be the same. Hugs, kisses, and cuddles, oh my, right? Um, just doing a lot of that hands-on type of love with your children. Y'all already know Velcro baby stays stuck to me like glue, baby. And since I've been back from Paris, baby, I, <laughs> the day I got back from Paris, we cuddled up on the couch and because he's he's home. Of course, I spend more time with Dallas now than I do with the other kids because he has a shorter school day. So he's out of school at 1 p.m. The other kids are gone until 430. And so I had some extra cuddle time with him. Just just he and I alone before the rest of the kids came home and we're cuddled up on the couch. And I, I was like, OK, Dallas, I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. No, don't leave. I'm like, dude, I'm not going anywhere. Now, don't get it twisted. While I'm gone, he's fine. But once I come back, it is on and popping. Like I cannot move, breathe, blink without Dallas in my face. And y'all already know, like, please don't consider, don't like confuse the fact that you see him the most on my social media with the fact, I mean, he is kind of my favorite, but mostly that is because he's always here and he's always all up in my business. And I couldn't get a good selfie if I wanted to, because he's always, always up in my face. But anyway, so back to my point is, so those are just some easy ways. Like when you're reading a book, you know, cuddle up and sit together while you're reading a book. Um, And then back to my point about Dallas, what y'all don't know is Dallas likes to touch me, but I'm not allowed to touch him unless he says so. Like he has to be like, okay, now you can hug me. (laughs) So if you ever think you going to roll up on Dallas with your arms all extended, looking for a hug, your chances are pretty high that you will be brutally rebuffed because he is not here for it. He is my mini me through and through. He's like, no to the hugs. Yes to the um to the gifts, um, and so back to that. You know, th- I'm gonna sidetrack just a little bit, but I do feel like it's important to just touch on this a little bit um, when it comes to physical touch. Um, I don't force any of the kids to hug or be hugged by anyone that they don't feel comfortable with, even if it's somebody in our family. It could literally be there are times where my mother, who is 
you know, obviously a completely 100% hands on my, my kids know my mother, like we've lived with my mother, like she's lived with us. Like it's been like, they know my mother. And there are days where Dallas is like, nope, I don't want to hug you. And she will politely be like, all right, I'll wait till you're ready for me to hug you. And so I, I just feel like that was really, it's really important to cover that because that is their personal space. And I feel like children need to be empowered to say no and feel like that that will be validated and that will be um what's the word I'm looking for um approved by by the people that are in their space and so that that's where that initial um strength comes from where kids are able to say no this is my body um and I don't want you to touch me right now and and everybody has to be okay with that I th- I feel like we kind of used to have a culture where kids were forced to hug oh that's your grandmother or that's that's your great uncle joey go on and give him a hug anyway no actually i'm not gonna do that because i don't know great uncle joey um and even if i do maybe i don't want him to hug me anyway so anyway that was kind of like i said kind of a sidebar but i think a really important point to to um address when it comes to children and their bodies and and drawing those lines um so anyway next point Words of affirmation are always a good idea, especially around here. God forbid I tell Devin he did a good job at something and I don't find a way to give Dallas that same exact compliment. Now, to that point, you do want your words of affirmation to always be genuine when you're giving them praise. And and we and you don't want to overdo it because you don't want them to like crave those those words of affirmation or feel like if they don't hear somebody tell them how great they are one day that they'll just completely lose their minds. And so, but you do want it to be genuine. And so even if that means that I have an angry four-year-old who didn't hear that he was the king of the world at that very second, it is okay. All will be fine. But it is very important that our kids get their words of, of affirmation from us because if they don't get that guidance from us, then they'll start to seek it from other places. Um, and so even like with my niece being here, she she really um responds well to words of affirmation. And so like I'll I've noticed different things like I'll tell her, "Naya, you are so smart. You're a genius." And so she'll be arguing with the boys and she'll be like, "I am smart and I am a genius." And she'll say like she says it like she means it, honey. And so um you know, it just is funny to to start to pay attention to to what kids respond to and what makes them kind of like perk up and, and hold their shoulders just a little bit higher than they were before um, and to be able to feed that for them. Um, and so, I, you know, I kind of I think that that's really cool. So anyway, quality time is obviously a thing that all kids crave. They all want quality time. Um, And for us, for our family in particular, it can be a really difficult love language to attain around here just because um, obviously Dre's on the road a lot and he's coaching and he spends a ton of time outside of the home and at work. And so we have to be really intentional about scheduling that quality time with the kids, not only as a whole, but also individually. Uh, where like little Dre is, of course, he's 11 now. And so he really, really craves just that quality time with his dad. Um, And I mean, all the boys do and they all need it, you know, just as much. But Dre is kind of transitioning into that preteen hormonal (laughs) kind of phase where he just really craves that male attention from his dad. And so um, as parents of four now, it is really important that we schedule time all together, as well as that individual time with the kids. And as I said earlier, 
each child <clears throat> receives love differently. And it can be so encouraging for kids to receive that specific individual love that they so need, doing the things that they love to do. And so for our family, we all really love to go to the movies. We love to do anything sports related. Dre, um, so one thing for us, because Dre's, you know, like I said, a coach and he spends a lot of time up at the gym. And so I've really just embraced that that is our life. That is, you know, <laughs> whatever arena he works in, that's our home just as much as whatever our address is our home as well. And so I do try to make it a point to take the kids up to his job a lot. And so one like one thing that he and little Dre do um, for bonding time or quality time is he works little Dre out a lot and puts him through basketball workouts. And um you know, guys are just like physical. They just like to, they have to be touching. They have to be like pressing up against each other. And so they enjoy that. And now Devin's kind of really like craving that too, um, where he really wants to go, dad, can you work out with me? Can you take me to work out and, and do those types of things? So those are things that we really love to do too. Um, I'm usually somewhere sitting down reading a book, probably eating a snack or something like that, <laughs> getting my big girl on. But we are a pretty active family. Um, and so just doing things like that is really fun for us. Another thing that is really important to me is that we all sit down and have dinner together. Now, typically that may or may not include Big Dre, um, but we that's a tradition that I try to keep whether he's home or not, is that we all sit down together at the table uninterrupted. No TV, um, no no um, phones or tablets or anything, and really just talk. And and I actually have found that the kids really enjoy that time and that space to tell me about their day, to listen to their um, their brothers talk about their day, and just to catch up on what's happening in their lives. You know, when they first come home, it's like, well, how was your day? Fine, 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 whatever. And then I get the real juice, and the, you know, they spill the real tea at night when we have dinner. So I really like that, and I think that. They enjoy it too, and I really hope that that's something that they um, carry over when they have when they have children, and and that's something that they like to would like to incorporate with their families when they have them someday too. So another one, obviously, is gifts. Obviously, I've listed all of the love languages already, but I just wanted to put them in perspective of parenting. Um, and so gifts, I know, I know, insert eye roll, right? You can't buy love and you can't buy your kids. And that is true, but don't despise the thought behind buying a child something that they expressed that they really wanted. It gives them a sense of you were thinking of me and I'm important to you. Gifts should never be a substitute or a replacement for other love language, uh, other love languages, but instead coupled together with another. In this case, these are definitely my kids because the way all of they the way to all of their hearts is to buy them all the things, just like mommy. <laughs> but um I mentioned something earlier about um oh, like if I notice Dre's shoes or Dre's basketball shoes are getting a little, you know, wonky or whatever, and I just go out and get him new basketball shoes or um basically anything related to basketball, a new mouth guard, because I know he really wanted a new mouth guard or something like that. It's kind of like um, an act of service and a gift. And so it's not just a gift. It's a gift that means something to them because it's something that they really wanted or that they needed and they didn't even ask for as well. Um, and so it can be coupled together in, a, in, in several different ways, but um, don't look at it as just like buying their affection because that's that's not the way that I mean it. Um, and then also, so that leads me into acts of service. And this can be the most difficult since as parents, our to-do list is already never ending. Um, but 
like this morning in the mornings when the boys get up um, and Dallas will say, mom, can you help me make up my bed? So instead of me just telling him to go and make up his bed, we do it together. So you get one side, I'll get the other side. And, and, and so, you know, it builds that camaraderie. We get to talk. Um, Dre and I, I, every, every few months I go in his room with him and we completely clean his room top to bottom, but we do it together. And so during that time, I mean, we're listening to music, we're laughing, we're joking, we're talking, and we're kind of like going through the motions that way. And so we're not only clean, cleaning, we're, we're bonding, we're, we're building our relationship at the same time. And it just is a little more fun to do it that way than to just bark at him and have him do those things on his own. Um, And so honestly, we've had some of our best conversations in those mundane moments of straightening his underwear drawer and vacuuming his floor. Um, And I think that he would honestly say the same. So that's my spiel for today. I hope that this was helpful to you um, in being more intentional about showing your whole family love individually and in more than one way. I love watching how the kids' love languages are blossoming with their growing personalities. And the beauty of it is there is no wrong way to love. At the end of the day, as parents, we just do the best that we can and hope that our kids can find a good therapist to fix all the things we did to break them along the way. (laughs) Because life doesn't come with a manual, it comes with a mom.